Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity, and coach clients with confidence. We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work, and that with the right structure, support, and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So how do you learn, qualify, and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching. Cardiovascular training systems is the topic of today's Revision Bike. Which follows on so nicely from the last three days where we've looked all at resistance training systems. It's like the perfect follow-on to now talk about cardiovascular training. And it made sense. So I think today and tomorrow will be all about cardiovascular. I don't think we're going to get it all in one revision no, bite today. I don't today. think so. And then we'll have one final day's of recap for the entire month. Yeah, it's so been be one hell of a month as 28 well, 28 revision bites, 28 sessions daily, which has been our longest stint of, that, of, of, a, of a whole month every day. Yeah. Okay, since we started the podcast. So I heard today that there was a specific learner, you may know this person, but a specific learner that downloaded everything from the whole month so far and listened to it all no, in no, one day. No, no, they downloaded the entire FitPro Oh, podcast. I thought you meant the entire I believe, season. No, I believe it was from session one all the way through to now 120 per something. Wow. But what I've okay. loved so much is Great. we've had 4,000 new followers this month alone yeah which means it's down to you guys spreading that message um dropping comments uh sharing it on your socials but more so dropping a five-star review inside itunes so if you haven't done so already that would be massively appreciated because that allows more people just like you to um get help with their studies yeah and i've spoken to quite a few learners over the last few days about these training about everything we've been speaking about on these particular revision bites and the biggest things that have come up have been about the core training we've done about the training yeah, systems yeah. we've done so i really think today is a lovely extension to now go into the cardio side and it sounds like it's really helping people with their planning recapping the knowledge that they learn as their anatomy yeah. but also knowledge they learn when their course completely so, cool. really so let's cool. add some context then if we're talking about the cardiovascular training systems from a revision bite what we're really talking about here is the old thump thump the heart <laughs> we're talking the <laughs> thump thump we're talking about the heart we're talking about the cardio respiratory system yeah and ultimately we're talking about uh, vo2 max which yes. is your volume of oxygen that you can take in transport and utilize and on the same note the complete opposite to that would be to um, take carbon dioxide out of the um, cells and back to the the lungs and for us to expire yeah exactly so the more efficient that whole process is that would be one of many things that i would want to measure yeah it's a really good indicator of fitness isn't it yeah and therefore through regular training and progressive overload inside my cardiovascular training systems i would see that number or my vo2 max go higher yeah so so often when people say i want to get fitter what they're really saying is they want to improve their vo2 max score from whatever it is currently to what their new goal would be and maybe your your new client wouldn't know anything about the vo2 max but what they're what they're saying is they want to be able to move with more ease feel more confident uh, be able to breathe easier not be, be able breathless to, at the top of stairs not be breathless <laughs> to be able to recover quicker yeah. which effectively is your vo2 max so yeah. your client will put it in a terminology that is layman's terms and that's how we're going to communicate but ultimately from a measurement perspective we're talking about how 
uh, how do I improve that VO2 max score? Yeah, that volume of oxygen that we can take in, transport, use and kick back out. There we go. I love it. <laughs> and so there's normative data which places a client into average, below average, very, very below average or above average to excellent to outstanding. Yes. Okay. And that, we won't go into those, those variables, but inside the, the actual age groups or categories for those because it's... A big table. Okay? It's a big but inside, table. Yeah, but inside your uh, course manual, you'll have this. And you can find them really straightforward, but nice and easy online. A, but good, the... a good resource to go to, actually, is exrx.net. Very good. And you'll, you'll have all of the normative data and all of the fitness tests. Because Perfect. you'll have fitness yes. tests specific to... Uh, beginner client and intermediate client and the type of sport they like to play yeah, so completely. some will like to run some will like to cycle some might want to swim and you've got different tests that you can do so that you can get a, a reliable and a specific type of test because a client them. might come in brand new they haven't done any their training age is quite low hmm. you might do a rock ball walk test or a chester step test which is across uh, three minutes or a rock ball walk is one mile so you know an average one mile pace even for a somewhat 15 inactive minutes. 15 16 18 minutes but it's achievable at their, it's all about their pace it's about hmm. their ability versus you might have somebody come in that wants to do a 10k run or half marathon you might do a 12 minute cooper run test yes uh, which is obviously, we're now talking about your ability to sit at almost an anaerobic threshold for 12 minutes. So the can... demand on the body yeah. is huge. So it's about selecting the appropriate cardiovascular fitness test for the client's current status. And then for also their interest. Like, for example, if I'd done a cycle test, it'd probably be really bad. Like, it wouldn't necessarily be indicative of my Well, that's my what specificity fitness. is. Let's exactly. go back to the principles back in one of the revision, revision bites, I can't remember what day it was on, but we talked about specificity, adaptability, reversibility, yeah. plateau, and then we had the said principle, which was specific adaptation to an imposed demand. That was around episode 12. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it is episode 12. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if your client's got a running goal, then I'm going to want to choose a running specific test. If your yeah. client's got a a um, swimming goal, then I'm going to choose a swimming specific test to measure someone's VO2. Yes. Now, across all of the disciplines, regardless of whether it's running, swimming, cycling, whatever it might be, the same principle applies in terms of being able to, the training you do and the systems that you put in place are designed to then progress that VO2 max yeah. and or the distance that somebody might be going. So that's a variable that you might be improving as part of a goal, yeah. not just VO2 max. It could be like the distance or duration they want to go for, which would be endurance. It could be the speed that yeah. they want to be so, able to so achieve. So what is it we're trying? Trying to improve him. Yeah. Are we trying What's to improve? Adaptation? What's the adaptation? Are we trying to improve somebody's speed in the first, let's say, um, five hundred meters of a five k run? Yeah, which means they get a good placing in the pack in order for them to run out their strength endurance. Is it overall speed across the whole distance? Are we looking for that final sprint finish speed? Yeah. Are we looking at particular parts of a of a route or a cycle route? whereby they have to go uphill or downhill. Yeah. Is it about an endurance of going from a yeah. half marathon to a marathon? Precisely. What's the difference? What is the thing that is missing currently in their skill set and their fitness that they need to now adopt adapt and to, adapt, adapt to? towards? Yeah, yeah, completely. And I think what we've got here is, is understanding that if I want my client who's a runner to get good at running, mm. they've got to do more running. Okay. <laughs> Specificity. <laughs> Specificity. But the same note, I'm not going to rule out training that is non-impactive. Mm. Okay. Like or that. utilizing another plane of motion. Mm. So I might, you know, I might say, well, majority of my client's training is in a sagittal place because running is sagittal. 
However, there are times where my client will want to utilize transverse and frontal plane based on perhaps jumping over a stile or, yeah, or navigating up and down a curve or changing direction completely. And so we really need to think about what, again, it comes back to specificity. What demand right? is it that they need to put on their body in order to get the result they want to get? Precisely. Which is what all training is about. And it can be easy, especially with cardiovascular training, um, to get sucked into a specific tactic that somebody might have told you. And those tactics don't necessarily end up becoming aligned with the adaptation you want to see. Yeah. A good example of this is I remember when I um, applied for the London Marathon back in 2011. Mm -hmm. This well, is my 2010 you applied and you yes. got in, yeah. Yeah, and I'd done the race in 2011. And this first marathon I ever done, before that I'd done a half, I'd known, yeah. that was it. And I wasn't really, wouldn't have classed myself as a runner. Um, and I got the 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 training plan come through that was this generic training plan about increasing your mileage and when i looked at it it literally said like just increase your mileage literally like week on week you just done more miles every time you went out which became um, very process driven really process driven to just stack up these specific miles and then it had like specific kind of intervals thrown in there and i was like oh these are funky so I'll do these, but I hadn't really thought about the adaptation or why those systems were put in that place, which is why it's so important to understand what training system you're putting in place yeah. and why you're choosing those variables, that intensity, that time, that frequency because to get the result. Underpinning this from an anatomy and physiology perspective would be the various energy systems mm. of PC, creatine phosphate, okay, to lactic acid system, uh, right through to the aerobic system. Yeah. And we're looking at the adaptation of these in relation to the cardiorespiratory system, linked to the muscular system, linked to the nervous system, linked to the endocrine system, this big can of worms, <laughs> but effectively gets you to the race day on marathon day in london 2011 mm. to say i have done everything i can to adapt all of my body's anatomical and physiological systems and i'm in the the fittest strongest place possible to meet the demands of today's race oh amazing there you go and what i didn't do and what you're saying about there is energy systems and knowing that you're say targeting to be in an aerobic lactic acid or creatine phosphate yeah. system but to do that, you had to. I had. I should have known what I was doing in terms of intensity. Yeah. But at that point, I literally saw the plan and I was like, "Oh, it's literally. I've just got to go out and do twenty miles now. So I'm just going to go out and do twenty miles." And I didn't factor in the intensity I was training at. So it meant I was literally just going right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. Which is what twenty I would, miles done. Which, I could have walked it. Which, from a training system <laughs> perspective, when we're going to go into this more detail tomorrow, what you did there was a preferred exertion. Yeah. Now preferred exertion. I'm a big fan of. In fact, I'm actually going to do that today on my run today. Nice. And a preferred exertion is ex exactly what it says on the tin. I'm going to prefer to right now run at an RP4. And then when I feel good, I will run at a five or a six. And then when I don't feel good, I'll run back to a three or a four. Yeah, nice. So it's a preferred exertion, but there's no real dare I say, uh, specificity to towards yeah. that. And in comparison to, in comparison to say, tempo bursts, tempo intervals, uh, cruise intervals, speed intervals, uh, fart legs. Yeah, and turn around and, and saying the aim of this session yeah. is that you run at an RPE 7. Yeah. Or the aim of this session is that you run at an RPE 6, yes. or that you go between these particular intensities because we want to act we want to stress that particular energy Perfect. system yeah completely and that's what it comes back to isn't I it think, every time i think if we went right back to a starting point like let's regress this right back to say big not just beginner level but really think about what is the initial principle 
behind cardiovascular training or behind all training. It's for fit principle. Mm -hmm. And I was guilty of this for quite a, a few years as I started out as a fit pro because I wanted to do all the funky, sexy stuff, all the nice training systems. And I was like, but if this is great. I want to do this. This sounds good. Mm -hmm. It's a new shiny tactic yeah. almost. And actually, I, I must admit, I forgot the, the underlying principle of what my mentor taught me of fit. And I think so many fit pros, as they progress, they disregard fit as something they learn at level two, <laughs> learned yeah. at level two, and is for some reason no longer necessary. Almost so simple, it's not needed. Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> the beauty of, of fit. And, 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 and what's the word I'm looking for? Unfortunately, it is because it's so simple. Maybe that's why it's disregarded. But the easiest way to progress somebody, okay, when you've got frequency, intensity, type and time, is purely through time. Yeah. So if more a client, time on your feet. More time on your feet, more time under tension. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted from a resistance perspective to progress someone's uh, mus uh, hypertrophy, yeah. I'm going to have more time in the eccentric phase. That's time under tension. Yeah, We're talking about time again. So if a client turns up and we do a VO2 max test on a rockport walk and it takes 15 minutes to do uh, one miles and they're blowing at the end of that one mile, yeah. then next week I might do 16 minutes yeah. and then the week after... And now I they've do, gone a bit further. They've gone a bit further. I've got progressive overload. And let's say the next week I go to 18 minutes and mm. the week after I go to 20 minutes. Just a two-minute increment for yeah. four to six weeks to get to 30 minutes from our perspective as the fit fit pro okay <laughs> yeah. you might look at it and go well that's that's way well well, well too easy like that's not going to progress them so it's seeing life with empathy through the client's shoes and how they see life because the the simple progression of time for the majority vast majority of the, of the uk population based on 28.5 or 28.7 percent are categorized as as overweight and another third of so obese just doing more just duration. doing more duration okay is a is enough of a progression for, and they could for do, progressive overload for a good few well god knows the number how many of weeks you could just be doing time progressions but yeah. keeping the intensity the same yeah let's say we stay right at rp5 the whole time yeah. remember our intensity and, is the eye of the fit principle and this is the beauty of of time sorry to jump in so I remember when I was doing a lot of uh, ultra runs for about three, three and a half year pe period of time, I first said to Hayley, right, I'm going to go out and do a 10K today. And I'd be back in, you know, 40 minutes. And then I'd say, cool, mm, nice. I'd progress this to no longer being about distance. I'd say, well, tomorrow's run's going to be 41 minutes. Next week's run's going to be 42 minutes. And anyway, if we fast forward, let's say six months, because I had incrementally just increased time yeah. by by roughly one minute, five, one minutes, to five, five minutes, minutes, it was of no surprise when I turned around to Haley and said, today's long run is four and a half hours. Yeah, and no surprise for your body either. And no surprise for my body. So it works not only for those around you to be like, where, why, where's this come from? Where are you going to go yeah, and find so, four well, and a half hours of running from? You what? You're, you're, you're crazy. You're, you're cracking up. But, but you, you learn and your body learns as well. So yeah. the demand on your body it gets used to that yes. demand and that stressor. But similarly... For me, being around you, yeah, loved ones around, significant day, other people, it becomes it an achievable, modifiable change every month, so every week. Logical progression after progressing time would be frequency. Yes, because let's say the client can only afford, as in time, not as in monetary wise, but they could only afford, like, let's say, two sessions per week. If I can increase time to a point where they go, actually, that's I'm stretching the, the time frame. They've now invested enough time into yeah. their training where they value it 
Great. It, their value and their, their importance has come up and they're willing to be very invested. up a bit. You can now have that conversation four to six weeks down the line and say, Bob, do you reckon you could do three sessions a week going forwards and we'll reduce the time? And he goes, yeah, I'm loving it. I so definitely now you can that. play time and frequency off. Yeah. And notice, just like the resistance training systems, I'm looking for volume for my beginner <laughs> with intensity low. Nice. And just like in resistance, if in, if volume is low, intensity is high, intensity is low, the other vice versa. Yeah, yeah, you get, you get my gist, yeah. And then it gets to a point, a number of weeks down the road, where you've play, been playing off volume and intensity, where you can start to turn gears now and move more towards higher intensities, okay, and start to reduce potentially reduce volume yeah and they have to they are they go on this teeter-totter yes. one increases one decreases and vice versa like an inverse relationship that's between... the word i'm looking for inverse <laughs> relationship which we mentioned the last couple intensity. of days yeah and this is where the simple again it, it comes back to something that's simple that is underused the simple rpe comes into a ferocious uh tool for yeah. any fit pro but on the also one to ten rpe scale yeah but it's ferocious. educating the client on what that means for them nice i really like that and Absolutely. so your beginner client could still get to uh, a perceived exertion of say six or seven in terms of intensity but it's or it's always relative to how they feel definitely that doesn't necessarily mean we have to increase or reduce volume now does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Versus yeah, when we get to that point where we can really work on intensity, we can now start to really play around with the full range from RPE 1 all the way through to 9 or 10. Yeah. And a, a distinctive mark I want to add in, which paves the way for us to talk about training systems tomorrow, I would say that the warm-up from a cardio perspective would be RPE 1 to 4. Yes, yeah, And then definitely. maybe the back end of a warm-up could increase to five, six, seven, or eight yeah. to match that of whatever is what about to happen. to happen in the main session. And I would class that as a ramp warm-up. So the very last stage of a warm-up mimics the intensity of where the main section Literally starts. ramps up to meet the intensity. Completely. And then from a main section, we're really talking about an RP4 through to 10. Yeah. But for a beginner client, you might go four through to seven. Seven. Which would and be within the ACSM guidelines. Of moderate activity. Perfect. So moderate activity is in the RP4 to RP7 because you're still in the aerobic energy system. And I think too many, I'm going to be honest and put it out there, I think too many fit pros uh, have their beginner clients go way past RPE7 yeah. in an early phase, which means they get neural overload, okay? <laughs> they get savage muscular soreness. Yeah. They have this, clients have this feeling and this emotion of, of feeling dizzy or feeling nauseous or feeling sick and attaching thoughts, feelings and emotions to cardiovascular training that are negative of, dis of, of dislike it. because it makes them feel a certain way. I also think it reinforces that all or nothing kind of mentality of like, I'm going to go half a lever really, really fast, really, really hard, but not then that the, you never learn the intermediate grounds of actually how to manage that RPE because it's just, I'm going really fast or I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And actually they don't learn well, those it, grey areas. Well, it's like trying to jump through. from the first step of your staircase to the landing. <laughs> yeah. And missing all those, like you just said, the intermediate stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, which is really and there's nothing, there's nothing big or clever about having the client work incredibly hard at an RPE 7, 8 or 9. <laughs> anyone think, can get you sweaty. Anyone yeah. can get you sweaty. Like, that's easy. <laughs> Anybody can do that. You don't need to be a qualified fit pro to mm. do that. 
why you're a qualified fit pro is because you're going to implement smart programming that is backed by science and anatomy and physiology. And that gets a specific result. A specific adaptation to an imposed demand. So what's the demand that I must create in today's session that is a prerequisite to get to next week's session? Great. And uh, I'm going to say the longer, not, not, not uh, hanging this out for a long period of time, but what is the time frame, the mm. number of weeks or the number of total sessions that are the prerequisite for me to get to the harder stuff. The building blocks, required. the foundations yeah. before you go up harder. What's needed? Is it a really would, good amount of foundation I would much rather have age. a client have long-term adherence yeah. for the rest of their life yeah, definitely. and stick at no more than an RPE 5 or 6 <laughs> yeah. and, and work for all the training systems that are available to them there and go, do you know what? I, I worked out until I was on my, on my deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and it was sustainable. And it was sustainable. That's kind of like with nutrition, eh? Precisely. <laughs> completely. As opposed to getting to that point of like, well, I've achieved my goal. It was incredibly hard and like tiresome. And it, oh, the, the muscle soreness on some of the days. And I felt so fatigued. and ex- Exertion. Go, well, actually, I've, I've ceased training for, for a short period of I'll time. Or, or a long period of time. Completely. Yeah. Whereas when you phase up that intensity gradually, you can not only meet all those other phases along the way, yeah. but you also know that it's specific to what they're training for and they stay for longer, which I love. Absolutely awesome. So we went up through from RPE 4 to RPE 7. And that's where we want to have this marker on this simple RPE scale of 80%, which would reflect our anaerobic threshold or yeah. our AT. And it's at this point we... Uh, change energy systems and it's at this point if we can push our anaerobic threshold higher in terms of heart rate we will see an increase in our vo2 max yeah. which brings us a segue all the way back around to the beginning of today's revision bite and really understand to say that actually to improve someone's vo2 max to improve their ability to take in oxygen transport and utilize it and the opposite of of get rid of carbon dioxide and expel that you must go through and past and play around with the training systems at someone's anaerobic threshold, yeah. which could be a speed interval, it could be a fart leg, it could be a, a cruise interval. And these are all it systems that go either side, side of the anaerobic threshold. So you've got to go below it so you can rest and recover, yeah. but you've got to go above it so that you challenge the heart rate and the energy systems into that zone. But again, um, there's an elegant way of, or a logical progressive overload to take somebody through you don't that that anaerobic threshold you don't just go suddenly we're going past it and through it and now the, the phase of training is there yeah it's just there... as gradual as what you've just done already exactly yeah. and that's what we're going to go through tomorrow yes okay? exactly so what i'd really like to know now is jump inside the inner circle if you're new to the fit pro sessions and you're not inside the inner circle our facebook group um, find the link, jump inside alongside that five star review in iTunes, please. Of course. Okay. And let us know what your big takeaway has been as we've kind of introduced and set the scene for cardiovascular training systems. And that's the hashtag you can use. So hashtag CV training. What would be your big takeaway from today? Uh, VO2 max and really understanding what it is and how you can improve somebody's fitness is improvement of someone's volume of oxygen. Perfect. For me, the takeaway is... There's so much more scope, mm. okay, um, inside cardiovascular training than we give credit to. And actually the simple tools of a simple RPE scale and <laughs> yeah. progressively and, and appreciating the, fit, the, the fit principle of time and frequency 
armor a fit pro or weaponize mm. a fit pro to get outstanding results that's the other takeaway is that i like the order you had of like starting with time then start with frequency then go with two intensity and then eventually you can look at type there but it go. really is just a case of there's a clear order to follow there you go so tomorrow we'll jump into the nitty-gritty of training systems and we've yeah. we've mentioned them already like cruise intervals tempos yada 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 yeah. until then have a wicked day and we'll see you tomorrow see you tomorrow Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity, and coach clients with confidence. We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work, and that with the right structure, support, and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So how do you learn, qualify, and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching.